We are here for another episode of Bass Edge Radio, brought to you by MegaWare Keelguard. You have heard Kurt and I say it over 230 times about the benefit of having a MegaWare Keelguard product. Be sure to give your boat the edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Visit them at keelguard.com. Aaron, oh my gosh, 200 plus times. It's amazing. We got so much information out there on the web. Get it on with BassEdge.com. But first, we are coming to you with another episode episode of Bass Edge Radio, and it begins now. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keelguard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keelguard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. In three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. It has certainly been a busy month for both of us, but in my many travels, I uh, understand the the headlines have kind of been cheater barrels. Uh, what, what what's what's up with that? <laughs> That's is, right. Is that a drink? Well, if uh, everybody has been getting their bass blaster, they'll see all this great stuff. If you're not a member and don't get the uh, email from Bass Blaster, which is every week you get two or three cool emails talking about things going on in the fishing industry, Jay Kumar's Bass Blaster. You can go to our website, BassEdge.com, click on the Bass Blaster tab and, and log into it that way to sign up to receive the emails, or you can just send an email to BassBlaster at BassGold.com. But Cheater Barrels, no, Aaron, it's not a drink, but uh, it sounds like a good drink. But in this perspective, it's super bad, dude. So Bass Blaster talked about uh, a guy on Barkley Lake found a barrel stuffed with fish. They were on call rings. Uh, you could open the lid to this barrel and take the fish out on the coal ring so you could kind of get them out pretty quickly and uh dude people being dishonest trying to trying to fudge the tournament and uh it's just not a cool deal and the crazy thing is i just saw another deal on facebook a friend of mine over in virginia at kerr reservoir or bugs island as as we call it in virginia they call it kerr reservoir in north carolina but uh, it's right there on the border they found a barrel over there too so uh what is up with this i have no clue dude but i gotta tell Everybody from Bass Edge, let me say this. If you find a barrel like this, don't just pick it up and toss the fish out and post it somewhere. Don't tell anybody except for your local DNR, your game and fish, whatever it is in your state, and let them know what you found and how you found it and leave it there so that they can catch 
watch these guys. A little, I mean, a little sting operation. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm talking about 20-gauge shotgun sting operation. But, uh, yeah, man, there's no room for this stuff, and it's super bad. Obviously, you know, it's just one of those deals. But, man, if you find something like that, keep it on the DL. Tell the authorities. Let them know what's going on. They will catch them. I guarantee it. They will catch them. We got to just get this stuff out of the sport, whether whether you're fishing a local team derby or whatever. And just for the conservation aspect of it, man, just locking up these fish in a barrel for days at a time is it's just not cool. No, no, it's not. And I actually uh, was part of that years ago down uh, on the Red River at a BASS open event, if you can believe oh, that. Yeah. A guy was, tie- yeah. was tying the fish up with monofilament and then would come back with a crankbait with these big treble hooks, throwing it on like 50-pound bread and would snag up against, you know, hit a stump, would have them tied off two or three feet off the stump and then um, would work down that crankbait down against that line and then yank them off because the monofilament might only be four or five pounds and would break it. And anyway, it's a bad deal. Of course, they got him and uh, he is uh, nowhere to be found and probably still wearing an ankle bracelet, of which I know you're accustomed to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm accustomed to. <laughs> so, Good one. Yeah, hey, but, hey uh, you got Table Rock coming up. What's going on post-spawn Table Rock or the, or the fish still spawning up there we're right here in first week of may is upon us and uh what's up going on at table rock give me some clues yeah i uh you know i'm gonna be strictly going post spawn i know there's a few stragglers still out there i just believe that uh you know on the two phases of the, the moon uh that come in i, I do feel you, you have a second push but that's not going to be my deal my deal is going to be going strictly for post spawn one of my favorite times of year going after those suspended fish you know catching something that uh, should weigh about six or seven pounds and weighs about four and a half to five but hey it's all fun and uh i am chomping at the bits kurt to get out there and, and get it done next week uh so anyway and you've got an event coming up here shortly i do i've been guiding a lot down here at amistad and uh dude the top water bite is on i love it love that top water bite so uh top water bites going to been throwing my ima skimmer grande and dude it is one of the finest top waters out there but uh i am headed directly to pickwick for the next flw tour event just came out of the o's our country last month. I was at Beaver and uh, had a good time, man. I've never fished Beaver Lake. I love all those Ozark lakes, man. I'm jealous of you up there. I mean, Amistad is still better, but when you go somewhere new and it's fresh, it's it's fun. So uh, anyway, really enjoyed uh, fishing Beaver. Caught a lot of sight fish over there and um, caught some on the old wiggle wart. You come to the Highland Reservoirs, you better have one tied on it's that just, time of year. It's a staple. It's a staple. Now, now I, I have to say this, that I've got some cool colors in my pin jacket. 200 also made by Ima Lures that uh, really resemble it really well and catch a lot of fish on it over there. But even though I've got my pin jack on one rod and reel, like, yeah, you, dude, you just, it's those are, you gotta have a wiggle ward on the other one. So, uh, anyway, a lot of fun, caught a lot of crankbait fish, really enjoyed it. And, uh, dude, we got, we got something going on right here. We're gonna have, uh, Hannah Robbins. It's gonna get on the phone. We've posted a very cool article on, on the website. So make sure you go to bassedge.com, check out this article on the website. But we're gonna talk to Hannah Robbins real quick about fishing in Mexico. Sounds like fun, huh? Yeah, sounds like my people. All right, Hannah, let's do it. Bass Edge Nation, as Kurt alluded to in the opening segment, we are actually heading south of the border to go back to actually what Kurt calls my roots, as he often calls me Martinez, and that is to talk with the Mexican bass fishing extraordinaires, and that is with Pete Robbins and also Hannah Robbins. Kurt, tell us a little bit about who we are going to be speaking with and how you came about to kind of arrive at this great conversation that I can't wait to dive into, quite honestly. 
Well, I tell you what, I went to Mexico earlier this year and uh, was and had to lean on somebody that I knew had great experience there, and that would be Pete and Hannah Robbins. They have been to Mexico several times with uh, Anglers Inn International, and I decided it would be a great service if we could let all of our Bass Edge listeners know some of the fantastic fishing opportunities that happen down south of the border in Mexico. Pete, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experiences that you've had in Mexico fishing? at Anglers Inn International. Sure, Kurt. Thanks. And thanks, guys, for having us here today. As you know, Kurt, because you lived back in Virginia back in the day and we competed against each other, I fished tournaments on a local level for a long time, probably 15, 16 years. And then at about the time I turned 40, I kind of burned out on it, going to places around here where at best you could hope to catch eight or nine pounds on a good day. And I decided that I was going to go to the best lakes at the best times. And I had been to Gunnersville before. I had been to Rayburn. And that time kind of coincided with my 40th birthday. And at that time, my wife, unbeknownst to me, took me to Lake El Salto, Angler's Inn, for my 40th birthday. And most guys' wives would send them off with their buddies. My buddies came, three or four of them. But she came, too. I'm very lucky to have a a wife who likes to fish. And it was about that time, as I sort of phased out of tournament fishing, that I started to try to go to as many exotic locations as I could. I've been to Montana trout fishing, to Venice for redfish. We've been to the Amazon twice for peacock bass. But the one that we keep going back to again and again and again is Anglers Inn International at El Salto in particular. It's just an awesome experience. You can leave snowy Virginia in January in the morning, and that afternoon you can be drinking margaritas and catching eight-pound bass. There's nothing better. The service is awesome. The fishing is awesome all the time. I took my brother and his best friend this January, and they literally could barely hit the water with their and each of them caught an eight pounder on a spinner bait while holding a Pacifico seven ounce beer in the other hand. And I'm lucky again that I have a wife who likes to go with me. And one thing that she noticed over the years was that there were certainly some women there, but most of them were with their husbands or boyfriends. And, and there were very few women who went on their own. So she talked to the Chapmans, the owners of Anglers Inn, and kind of got started setting up a little plan where maybe they could entice some more women to come along. So basically, I said, we got to get these women down there. I'm having so much fun and I need other, I can't be with the guys all the time. I mean, I'm home with the husband in Virginia and then I have to take them to Mexico. I want to be with the ladies. My, my wife says so. that on a regular basis, Hannah. <laughs> and all the ladies will understand. So I got the owners to give me a really great price for a four night, three and a half day fishing trip. And it's not just going to be fishing. We're going to have prizes, cooking classes, spa treatments, and there's going to be a whole lot more. I don't want to get into it because I don't want to give it all away. But it's also a way for all different cities, states, and all over America to have all us ladies get together and talk about fishing just like you guys do yeah i mean we are just incredibly excited about this i I want her to have female friends and you know when when we first met and i told her that i fished she said do you sit under a bridge with a bobber and i had to explain the whole thing to her and now it's kind of scary now she probably knows more about the sport than i do and she's caught four nine pounders down there and i told her she can get a replica when she catches a 10 and on the one hand i want her to catch that 10 on the other hand, as long as she still stays at nine, she wants to go back more frequently. But, you know, we've realized that there are women who need to learn how to fish. There, there are some, obviously, women who are every bit as good, if not better than the guys. But there are women who need to learn how to fish. And I know from teaching her that it's tough to teach your wife how to fish because we all get kind of judgmental. And it would be nice for women to learn from other women and have a little less pressure. And I think Hannah can speak to that quite a bit. Well, not only that, Pete is not very patient. But the guides at England's Inn are unbelievably patient, are 
so knowledgeable. And if you're doing something incorrectly, they will definitely teach you how to do so. I almost got caught up in my line trying to pitch with my Sanko. And the guide started laughing at me, and he says, who taught you how to do that? Well, I told him nobody, and I just had to kind of watch Pete do what he does. So he taught me, and now it's like second nature. It's just so much fun. You can do so many different things, and you can learn so many different ways of doing a thousand different things. And also, you get to use so many different baits at so many different times of the year that I would not be able to use here. Uh, deep diving crankbaits I would never use here. And swim baits, I wanted to know what a swim bait felt like, catching a fish on a swim bait. I, my, on my second cast, well, there went that six and a half pounder. I mean, it's just unbelievable. If anybody wants to learn more about what's going to go on down there, how to get there, is it safe to get there, how much the trip costs, please get a hold of me at LadyAngler at anglersin.com. I have all the answers for you. Outstanding, Hannah. That's great information. And uh, we're also going to be posting uh, an article that we have with some tremendous fish catches uh, and photos that you've had from your previous visits uh, on on the website at bassedge.com. So uh, be sure that you check out our featured article section, and uh, they're going to explain uh, some of the great adventures that Hannah has had on the water. And coming after that, Pete is actually going to provide some awesome article on uh, bass fishing in Mexico and why it would be a great idea for Bass Edge listeners to get involved with going down south of the border and enjoying some of the absolute best bass fishing there is in the world. Well, not only best bass fishing, but certainly, you know, anytime we have the opportunity to introduce male or female, female for that matter into the great sport of fishing you know i just want to thank you guys for taking time out to be able to do that and certainly uh you know i I can't tell you how far that would go with a lot of guys to be able to introduce whether it be their wife or their spouse and and be able to do it as a uh you know a a joint partnership or or kind of a, a family affair if you will so hats off to you guys as always great talking with you i know you guys have been long term contributors to bass edge and friends of the project but uh unfortunately we are out of time let's head straight to our Angler Spotlight interview with this week's episode, BASS Angler Bradley Roy. We'll be right back. Two fishermen came together with one agenda, to construct bass boats superior in design and build with a flawless finish, with our boats exhilarating handling and smooth ride. Extreme rough water just doesn't exist. We're not just building a boat. We're building a legend. Legend Boats. Here we go, guys. Time for another segment of our Angler Spotlight. This young angler is a six-year veteran with the Bassmaster Elite Series. He's off to one of his best starts here in 2016. Great to have with us BASS Elite Series angler Bradley Roy. How's it going, Bradley? Man, it's going great. And uh, you, you make me sound old when you say veteran. You know, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Bradley, I've got to say, you know, a six-year veteran at age 25, uh, those two things generally are not synonymous, but uh, you're actually making Kurt and I feel old, you know, in, into our <laughs> right. 40s here. But you're having a great 
2016, currently inside of the top 20 in the Angler of the Year standings, and looking forward to uh, getting into those tips to help anglers step up their game. But really, what has been working for you to this point in the 2016 season? You know, fishing for me is so mental, uh, and most fishermen know that. And, and this year, I am off to a great start, and I'm really thankful for that because if you start a season off great, uh, the rest of it seems to roll really well. And, and what I've done and, and what other anglers can do to, to really help themselves out is I've fished my, my confidence base, my confidence areas. You know, I went into places, and, and instead of fishing maybe what the locals do on a body of water, I fish stuff that I know how to do. And when you do that, you stay something that's confident. If stuff starts going wrong, you're not as quick to leave it, you know, and you know what to do to change and make fish bite when, when conditions change. If you're fishing somebody else's fish, uh, you can kind of get into trouble that way. So this year, I've just really went and uh, fished my style, fished what I have confidence in, and it went really well. Well, it seems like, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, there, there's only fish in this section of the lake or that section because this is how this guy won the tournament or this this other person did well. But I really like what you say right there. You, you're staying in an area no matter what and fishing your confidence because, really, I guess there's fish everywhere in all bodies of water, isn't there? There is, and, and it's what really what you can find in practice or what you can find in a tournament. Uh, it doesn't matter what everybody else is catching. It's, it's what you can catch, you know, and, and if you can figure something out, that's really what's the difference maker in a tournament is what you can catch, not what everybody else is supposedly catching. So, Fishing your confidence is key. That's a great approach, Bradley. You you know, you are able to come into the top level. Aaron, Aaron just mentioned it again, and us feeling old, making you feel old at 25, but uh, you came in at a very young age, a six-year veteran. This is your seventh year on the Elite Series. You're 25 years old. You've got a great platform to really teach other young anglers and people that are new coming into this game, whether they're 35 or 16. What kind of advice do you give other anglers as guidelines for a successful career? You know, it's just time on the water. Uh, I was very blessed at such a young age to be able to come out here. And I had great parents and a great family and a great support system at home. And that's what enabled me to be able to pull off such a young start. But I spent a lot of time with high school kids. And um, I, I help out in those programs and even run my own tournament in the fall for high school kids. So I love helping those guys out. And I always tell them, man, take care of everything first. Take care of your grades. Take care of things at home. Take care of that stuff. And then spend absolutely as much time on the water as you can. Because every time you go on the water, guess what? You're going to learn something. I don't care if you're fishing from the bank, if you're fishing on a pond, or if you're fishing out of a boat on the like you're going to learn something and that's what I did growing up and um, it certainly helped me. Well I think it's safe to say the three of us would agree that most of the elite events this year are um, you know I, I would say fall into that shallow water genre and when you're looking at kind of those shallow water events do you try to avoid heavy pressured areas or more or less just go with it if several anglers are fishing a particular creek or a style how do you break that down? That's an interesting question and it's actually something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about this year and you know you, you want to avoid those heavily pressured areas that's what you want to do in your mind but you know we always talk about community holes well community holes are community holes for a reason uh there's there's a lot of bass that usually live there and there's a reason they use those areas and this year i've, I've actually not avoided those areas i got it in my mind and just kind of thought about it this way that even though there's a big tournament going on those bass don't know there's a big tournament going on <laughs> i mean they, they have no idea so <laughs> right. they're there for a reason if they're you know we're on the st john's river we fish, that was our first tournament it's always crowded down on lake george on the st john's river but those bass are there for a reason they're there to spawn and they like to spawn right there 
So I went right down in the mix and, and got up in there and caught some fish, you know. So to me, I've changed my thinking on that a little bit. I used to run from the crowd, but I think that there's a lot of fish there for a reason. I think if you run from that sometimes, uh, you can maybe find something out and maybe win a tournament, but you can also hurt yourself by getting away from the biggest group of fish in the lake. Do you feel like when you're in in a situation such as you described that you have to uh, change your approach? Like, are you looking at other guys and what they're fishing around you so that you can do something maybe a little bit different? Or, or how do you react to the technique aspect of that? You can tell it as best as anybody. When you're fishing around guys, and you're fishing around guys like Kevin Van Dam or these big-name guys, you can't watch them uh, because when they're catching four-pounders around you, it'll absolutely kill you. What I've done is I don't pay attention to anybody. I actually uh, just try to focus and put my blinders on and focus on what I'm doing. And that's where I go back to my confidence thing. Even though I'm fishing around a lot of guys, maybe fishing the same area, I may be fishing something totally different, bait-wise or technique-wise, whatever it is, inside that area that they're not doing, that I have a lot of confidence in, something I'm really good in. For instance, when this year at the St. John's River, you know, Florida's, you throw a bait caster, you throw a big rod, and you catch a lot of big fish. But I, I enjoy throwing a spinning rod. I catch a lot of fish with a finesse presentation. I actually caught two of my biggest fish this year at St. John's River on a spinning rod right in amongst 50 boats around me. I was nice. throwing eight-pound test and uh, caught some big fish. So being able to do something that you're confident in around all those boats is huge. That's a great story. Let, let's you, You're talking a lot about confidence, which is great. We, we, at Bass here at Bass Edge, we're always talking about you know what's between your ears because uh, it, it does seem to play such a huge role, especially at the tour level, whether you're fishing FLW or the Elite Series or, or whatever it is out there. There, even if you're at the highest regional levels and that really plays a big game but confidence what are some of your shallow water techniques that you do have confidence in and excel at and how do you use them to break down water in practice first thing that comes to mind you know you talk about breaking down water uh, for, for shallow water techniques all over the country would be a, a square bill crankbait it's so efficient whether you're fishing around uh, you know laydowns or stumps or rock whatever it may be I can cover that water efficiently and do it pretty fast you know and, and it gets a lot of bites too let's not forget that uh it gets a lot of bites and i can go through there and, and really cover that water well and i can imitate you know crawfish with that i can imitate shad or i can imitate bluegill i use that and then the other shallow water baits i use is a jig uh, i use a dnl tackle jig they make a swim jig or just a flipping jig because i like things that i'm versatile with if i'm talking about breaking down the water pretty fast i like things like a square bill that i can sit down and change the color of it and i've totally changed the presentation or totally changed what i'm imitating uh, i can do the same thing with a jig if I want to sit down and tie on a white jig, I can swim that jig and imitate shad alongside of a, a lay down or whatever I want to. Uh, I like things that I can do quick and make easy. Uh, I like to make things easy on myself. So those are some baits for me that I really, the first thing when I go to a shallow water event, those are really the first things that I'll throw. Uh, and usually they're guaranteed to get a few bites for you. Well, Bradley, quickly before we go to break here, uh, one of the probably the most asked questions that that we receive here on Bass Edge is how long do you stay in an area or how long do you stay with a bait? Can you weigh in on that for us? You know, that's the million dollar question. It's how much confidence you have in that area. It all depends to me on how big the area is and what I'm seeing in that area. If I'm still seeing, you know, a lot of bait activity in that area, if I'm still seeing a lot of fish maybe busting on the surface or, or something like that, then I'm going to go through the, the gauntlet and I'm going to change presentations until I get those fish to bite again. If not, if I'm not seeing any activity, if it's kind of went dead, I'm not getting any bite, and maybe the water level's changed, and all that stuff's going negative for me, then I'm going to get out of there because my mind eventually is going to go negative in that situation too. So for me, it's all about what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling. I mean, once it starts 
compiling on the negative side, I get out of there. Very cool. I'm going to back up real quick about one of your techniques. You, you talked about throwing a jig, and, and uh, a lot of times down here at Lake Amistad, I'm fishing with guide clients, and, and uh, there's so many options for trailers on a jig. Can you just throw out there one or two that you really like and, and why you would like one versus the other in a particular situation? I use a, one I, I use a lot is a, a Cabin Creek uh, Express Crawl. Now, that's a little crawl. You can flip that crawl, too, but you also thread it up on uh, on the jig, and it's the leg on it move pretty good so you can swim with that and you know like i said you could dial them chartreuse maybe look like a bluegill but you could also use it as it's supposed to be as a crawl that's one that i really use there's a lot of companies that make great ones and cold water uh, one rule of thumb i've always used with a jig trailer is in cold water i like a jig trailer that doesn't move uh, I'll use something that I can just pin on there and it does not move at all. In the summertime, I like action. I like something that moves a lot of water, has a lot of flash to it, something I can see, something I can feel. So that's just a little short rule of thumb that I've always used and it seems to work for me. Awesome. Great tip. Hey guys, we got to take a short break. We're going to be right back with more from our guest, Bradley Roy, right here on Bass Edge Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Eventually, it's going to happen. You'll turn the key and your engine won't start. Don't lose your ability to get around. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts for a super start battery. Whether it's a reliable economy, hardworking premium, or powerful extreme, you'll find it at an everyday low price. Don't let a dead battery slow you down. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Bassage returns with BASS elite angler Bradley Roy in our Angler Spotlight, brought to you in part by MegaWare Keelguard. Protect your boat from harmful rocks and road debris. Visit them at keelguard.com. Hey Bradley, right before we get into some more fishing tips, I've got to bring up a press release I saw earlier this year, man. I thought it was pretty cool. You've partnered with USA Cares. Can you tell us about the organization and how you're going to be assisting them throughout your 2016 season? Absolutely. Uh, USA Cares and I partnered together. Uh, I'm going to try to kind of be an ambassador for them, you know, in the fishing world. What they are, they're not nonprofit organization. They help post 9-11 service members and they deal with basic quality of life needs. They help the military families. Not only do they help the service member, but they'll help the family of the service member. So we run around with things on our boats and, and advertise for all these companies and baits and motors and boats and all this. And that's great. But when I was presented with this opportunity to maybe help ambassador for a company or organization that's doing something bigger than me, I, I thought it was a no-brainer. I mean, I can't do what I love to do, which is fish, without the men and women serving overseas and giving me that right. So I really appreciate that. So a company or an organization that is taking care of them, I want to help take care of them too. So it's really been awesome, and it's a great partnership, and uh, I love to talk about it, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, you know, down here at Lake Amistad and, and, and on the road, you know, it's it's a really great, I guess, I want to say partnership, but uh, you can really see a connection between the outdoors and, and a lot of military and, and veterans and uh it seems like they, they just go hand in hand if you're you know if you're a military member it seems like you really enjoy the outdoors and, and specifically get involved with hunting and fishing so I, I thought it was a great uh partnership and uh, man i'm i'm just happy to uh help bring awareness for an organization that's helping anybody out there that's uh, been fighting for our country and a veteran so it's it's pretty awesome well and certainly we cannot say enough here on bass edge to second what bradley is saying how much we appreciate the service of uh, our men and women those currently in service and those of the past so 
Thank you, Bradley, for, for doing what you're doing and, and helping us kind of give back in our sport, you know, because it is it is very important. But getting back into kind of the, the fishing, you know, Bradley, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into a, really a two-part question here and, and give you some time to elaborate on this a little bit. But most anglers understand that spawning bass don't all go shallow at the same time. How long will you look for spawning fish, say, in your area of the country, living near Kentucky Lake? You know, it's kind of a great gauge as it's right in the middle of the U.S. And then also, where will you you look for some of those last spawning fish to be? That's a great question and a very difficult one to, to answer as well because there's a lot of things that go into when fish spawn. Uh, and, and in my area of the world, which is Kentucky, we're not known for being great sight fishermen and great spawn fishermen like people from Texas and, and Florida because usually our spawn doesn't last as long. Uh, and even some of them you can't see because it's just they, they all go up and they spawn so quick that you don't get as long of a period of time to do it. And what I mean by that is, you know, in Florida, fish will start spawning in December and they'll still be spawning in May. Uh, it's just it's kind of crazy because the water temperature down there is, is conducive to spawning for a long period of time. Whereas in Kentucky or in this part of the world, this region or state that may be similar, the water temperature has to get to a certain point and for me that's uh, usually around 58 degrees that's really when i start to see fish start moving up the spawn and then they'll start spawning from then on out until they get done but what has to happen is usually when it gets to 58 or 59 60 whatever it may be and it hits a moon just right and then this year it actually did it perfect uh, you know had a moon we just have had a full moon not too awful long ago uh, it was in april and it hit right along the right time of the, the water temperature coming up and getting to that perfect point. Well, the fish will come up this year. I'm not going to look for them very long at all. They're going to go up. They're going to do their thing, and they're going to get it done with quick. Now, on another year, I may look for them longer. If maybe we didn't, if the water temperature was cooler through this first full moon or through the right full moon, they may string along. You may see a, a little group of fish do it here, a little group of fish do it then, because it never got just right, right on the full moon, if that makes any sense. I know that's kind of a detailed answer, but yeah, no, that's what, great. Happens, what happens is, is if it ever hits just right, in my world, what I've seen, especially Kentucky Lake, man, if you're talking about Kentucky Lake, those fish, we all know, they love to be on ledges. I swear they just... They want to be out there so bad they can't stand it. And it seems like to me they run up there and they drop their eggs and they go right back out to the ledges. So especially on a year that it hits just right where the water temperature and the moon line up, I'm going to look for those fish for about two weeks. And that's about it. Two weeks and then I'm back out there following them back out to the main lake. That's good stuff right there, Bradley. And, and like you said, they like pushing right back out to those ledges. So moving right into the post spawn, where will you look first and what techniques do you like to employ to target these bass? You know, I, I treat everything in bass fishing, every lake that has a channel or a creek channel, I treat it all as a highway. Uh, and as those fish, when they're moving into spawn, they'll follow those creek channels and those river channels and, and, and ditches. They'll follow that in to spawn. Well, when they get done, they turn around and follow it right back out. So if I can, if I know especially right where those fish were spawning, I'll just follow those creek channels right back out. And what I mean by that is you just look, a, a map is a great way to do it. You know, we've, we've got away from, I love my Lowrance electronics and I use them and, and Navionics and all that, but a hard map is a great way to do this. And you can lay it down and look at it and follow the creek channel back out. And you say, well, I caught some fish right there spawning. Well, those fish are, they're going to come back out that creek the same way they went in. What I'll look for is a, is a point or a hump or uh, something that sticks out into that little creek channel uh, that's about halfway back out that creek. 
and it doesn't have to be deep. I just look for the first little place that sticks out, and I'll usually go start there uh, as the first post-spawn place that'll pull up, and it doesn't have to be deep. Like I said, four to six foot of water, something like that on top of it may be a great place to start, and those fish will just stop there. They'll rest a while, feed up. There may be shad there as well or may be other food, but they'll stop there, get them a bite, and then come work their way on out. You kind of have to stay with them, but some techniques that are great for that is a top water, you know, as soon as they get done spawning, they really like to hit top water, and who doesn't love to catch them on top water? Count me in on that. <laughs> <laughs> a spook, you know, a, a pop R, a buzz bait, things of that nature. But and if you if you have to throw something on the bottom, you know, a post spawn fish will always seem like they'll hit something dragging, you know, like a Carolina rig or maybe a, a football jig, something like that, something slow. If they're really, really immediately post spawn. Very cool, good stuff, Bradley. I was chatting with uh, your buddy JD last week, He's telling me about your rod building man this seems to be a growing trend among several anglers man i hear you built 20 plus rods already what advantages do you see with building your own rods man i I tell you what building rods is is really a cool deal uh i have been i've probably actually built a few more than that uh by now and it's been a learning process i I build mhs rods uh, i get them all from mud hole and what's cool about building your own rods is every fisherman's different man i like to throw a certain crank but you like to throw a certain crank but everybody Everybody's got their little, you know, we talked about confidence earlier. Everything you can do to make yourself feel more comfortable, you're going to have more confidence. Rods are no different. I may like a shorter-handled rod. You may like a longer-handled rod. Well, if you're building your rod, you're not at the mercy of, of somebody else to decide how big that handle is or how many guides or how big your guides are. So what's so cool about building your own rod is I get to decide what's on that rod from start to finish. When I get that rod, it's a blank. It's nothing but a blank. I can put whatever I want to on that rod, as little or as much as I want, and they're great blanks. MHX makes an awesome blank. I uh, absolutely love fishing with them. And I get to make all the choices, and that's really cool to me. So it's it's really helped me out you know i think that's one of the things that's really helped me out to a great start this year and um i'm, I'm really excited to keep fishing with them and build some more rods that's cool i'm i'm aaron what do you think man i've always been into the you know having the same rods on my deck whether it's all whatever brand it is whether it's mhx or ducket or powell or whatever rod company it is out there but uh, I, I love having all those rods in the same deck that way when i pick them up it always kind of feels the same and kind of goes into what bradley was talking about right there that you can have all the same blanks just different actions and really kind of just get in tune with what you're using day in and day out yeah no out i mean same way on the reels you know i have a lot of people and this would be something i would throw out to the two of you guys to do it for a living i'm kind of that way with my reels right you know i don't change maybe i'm in the the minority here but i don't like having a bunch of different gear ratios and stuff i use the exact same 15 reels that i have one that i throw a swim bait on the one that i pitch a jig on is going to be identical so i i do think there's a lot to be said for what bradley's bringing up there and i think you know him building those the way that you do bradley i i do think plays into what you started the conversation out with which is that whole confidence deal you know what you have in your hand absolutely and for me i'll say it again i know i've said it over and over again and it goes from the fishing on the elite series you know i spent a lot of time on the road and then I'll, I'll equate it to this everything that i can do to make me comfortable whether it's where i'm staying what i'm eating or what I'm fishing with, or what rods I'm throwing, helps me to be a better fisherman. And that and that goes the same for the local level, for the regional level, whatever tournament you may be fishing. Everything 
that you can do to make you feel more comfortable, make you feel more confident. It's going to help you fish better because you don't need anything else on your mind but fishing when you're out there fishing your tournament. I like that. Well, guys, it is time for the O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Listener question segment. Bradley, every episode we bring a listener question that people have sent in through our website, BassEdge.com. Today's question comes from right here in my hometown. We got uh, Dylan Thompson from Del Rio, Texas. And uh, Dylan asks, how do you specifically target bigger bass in the post-spawn period? Man, that's a, that's a great question. You know, um, it, uh, that's a question that a lot of tournament anglers struggle with. You know, we talked about fish moving back out after post-spawn. They, they start to come back out of those highways. And that's certainly something I'll do for look, when looking for bigger fish. But the summertime, you know, you can get a bite anywhere. And this in the summertime, it's, it's really, you know, take a little shaky head, take whatever, and get a bite just about anywhere catching a little fish. And those fish are really, their metabolism's going fast and they're, they're wanting to eat. But to catch a better fish, you have to understand what that fish is doing. And better fish don't just go somewhere just because they want to. They're going there to survive, to eat and survive. So what I do is I actually try to find a place that makes more sense. You know, they're going to move out, like I said, to where there's bait, where there's some protection, and probably where there's a little bit of current flow if you've got any of that in your lake there. If not, they're going to get down there where it's probably a little cooler or the oxygen's better. So instead of just fishing things that are maybe don't always just make sense all together, I like to have the whole package. And uh, when you can find that, uh, that's where your bigger fish are going to be because they've got to eat to survive. I eat because I'm hungry. You know, I, I stop at McDonald's because I'm hungry. They don't just do that. They're eating because they got to survive. With that in mind, you can kind of start keying in on maybe where some of those bigger fish are going to set up. Hey, Bradley, one question I would like to throw out there a little bit related, but when it comes to bigger fish, you know, you hear people saying at a tournament or recreational, they've caught their limit or, and now they're looking for a bigger fish. Do you feel that there's certain places that hold bigger fish beyond other places? And the second part of that question would be, is there only one big fish in that area or do they typically congregate? It's hard to say with certain places hold, you know, better fish. Uh, my better fish always seem to come in a place that has access to deeper water. It may not be deep water, may not be right to it, but my better fish always seem, especially during that post-spawn period, maybe if we go back to that, seems like that if they've got access to deep water pretty quick, that's where those better fish like to hang out. Now, as far as how to fish group, uh, absolutely fish group by size, they, they'll group together. Those big ones, if you usually if you can catch one in the summertime, one big one, you're subject to catch another one. Uh, and that's what's so cool about summertime fishing and post-spawn fishing when they're starting to school up is that if you can ever get one good bite, it'll a lot of times clue you in on how to get another one and another one. And, and that's what's so awesome about summertime. Well, that's a great answer. And thanks, Bradley, for answering that question for Dylan. Hey, Dylan, we appreciate you listening to the show and sending in a question for Bradley. Please send us an email to support at BassEdge.com and let us know you heard your answer here on the show. And we will send out that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And a reminder to all Bass Edge listeners, send in those questions to the show via our website, BassEdge.com, and you'll have a shot at winning that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. You may also email us at support at BassEdge.com. Don't forget about our Facebook and Twitter media pages. You can shoot them there, and we will answer them up. Bradley, it's been truly a pleasure having you on Bass Edge Radio. Great to do this again sometime. Any final thoughts uh, for Bass Edge Nation before we shut it down? You know, uh, 
uh, just uh, keep listening to Bass Edge because these guys are, are going <laughs> to really help you out on tips. And I appreciate everybody listening, and uh, it's been great to be on here. But uh, just keep fishing. Uh, it's uh, Summertime's coming. Uh, get out there. Uh, look at your maps. Follow your maps out. Start, like I said, look at everything as a highway. Start to look at everything as a highway, and you understand. Look at intersections. Find where the creek channel hits the river channel. And get out there and do something that puts you outside of your comfort zone a little bit during practice. I talked about maybe staying in your comfort zone during a tournament and all that. But during practice, get outside of your comfort zone and maybe learn some new comfort zones. Uh, maybe learn something that'll put you back in a new comfort zone. That's a great tip, Bradley. I, I know you're a wheeler getting ready to start the uh, fourth event of the uh, BASS Elite schedule. And I really appreciate you taking the time out to be with us. Look forward to seeing you again down the road, buddy. Bass Edge will be back in a moment. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. I'm FLW Tour Angler Scott Ashmore. Send in those listener questions for a great discussion right here on Bass Edge Radio. Aaron, just back to back to back to back, 231 times in a row. Another fantastic interview. Bradley Roy, first time on the show. Dude, we mentioned this in the interview, but uh, 25 years old, completed already six years in the Elite Series. This is his seventh year. He's 25 years old, dude. He's got it going on. Crazy going on, dude. I mean, he's fished like 70-some events. By the time he's like 50, if he just keeps it rocking, he's going to fish like 450 events. the most events ever fished in BASS history, if nothing else. But he's successful, and uh, that, that's a huge deal. Killing it right now in the AOI standings. And, uh, dude, did he bring the goodies or what? Well, he did. And, you know, the, the interesting thing, and you brought up 231 times, which is the episode that we are currently on. And one thing uh, is is the constant, and that comes back to confidence. I just cannot tell you how many times. We should go back and count this. That's a good project for you, Kurt, in your off time in between uh, traveling to the tournament. Listen to see how many times the word confidence is brought up throughout the course uh, because that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, if it's 231, I think you could times that by a minimum of 10, minimum, very minimum of 10. Probably 15 per episode. But uh, anyway, yeah, huge deal. If you don't believe in what you're throwing in, cut it off. Tie on something else. Don't make the cast. Believe what you're doing. If you don't believe what you're doing is very, very tough to catch a fish. But uh, post-spawn time frame, Bradley had some really great tips. I like how he's using fundamentals following the creek channel super important break out the old school paper map go get the new paper map that has awesome contours on it because there's nothing like being able to see everything in front of you and marking down those highways that he talks about where those fish are moving transitioning from spawn post spawn and just take that right into every time of year winter spring summer fall that is the way to find bass effectively use fundamentals just like every other sport out there it'll make you more successful absolutely and as 
fellow bass edger Pete Pons, his theme song goes, Life is a Highway. I want to ride it all night long. That's all you got to do, according to what uh, Bradley Roy says. But in the meantime, hey, we are out of time. I want to thank you, the listener, so much for being once again part of Bass Edge Radio here at Bass Edge Nation. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin and the rest of the Bass Edge crew. So long, everybody. Be sure to get out there and get on the water, but do it safely. In the meantime, we will see you next time right here on episode 232, May 15th. So long, everybody. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge, brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, Powerpole, and Rapaholic.com.